0: And you got to go to counseling and you have to open up to your husband and say, this happened 20 years ago and I'm so sorry. And, and hopefully any decent guy would be like, babe, it's okay. Mm-hmm. It's okay. Everyone listening to this podcast is going to say, it's not your fault. What's up, guys? Welcome to the Granger Smith Podcast. Week two of having my guest, Bernie Calcoat, with us. Grizz and Burns. Long-time friend. Back together. Someone asked a long time ago, why do you call me Grizz? I don't really remember. If if
1: you have gotten to know me at all, you know that I can be very serious, but most of the time I'm pretty silly, right? Playful, very playful. And I think we were in Nashville, and one day... I just started calling you Grizz because it's kind of like Granger, Smith, Grizz. I just missed them together. I was like, what up, Grizz? I was like, I guess I'm calling you that now. And 20 years later. I still call him that. So no real, you know, meaningful reason. Just uh, people being people.
0: People, if you want to ask a question to be real people, email Podcast at gmail.com. We'll answer it on this podcast. We go through it like we're just sitting around a campfire talking. Not always right, but uh, we're going to give you the best advice we can. Let me give a shameless plug for my friend Grizz real
1: quick, though. Guys, I know y'all love him the way that I love him. And I want to get him to number one on the charts.
2: Mm.
0: Dude, what do we need to do to do that? You got to
1: review, we, I share we, it? What
0: I do think you think call- we've been number four, but never,
1: never higher than four. Bro, let's go number one, man. <laughs> You guys, only you can make it happen out there. Tell your friends. Tell your friends, listen to it, share it, review it,
0: whatever else there is to do to it. All right. Let's go. First question. No notes, nothing prepared. We don't even know what we're getting into. So here it goes. First question. Subject line says, never feeling like enough. Hey, Granger, I'm 21 and I struggle a ton. I constantly feel like I'm never enough. It may seem dumb, but all my friends are successful and have great relationships, yet here I am never able to find anyone. I fear it's because of my weight, because I've always been put down for that. Do you have any advice on loving myself and how to feel okay without having a boyfriend when everyone else around me is happy? I feel like the only guys I talk to just want pictures of me or sex, and I don't like that culture at all. I want a godly man, but I have no clue where to start. Thank you. Love you and your music. Dez. There's a lot of ways we can go with this. Yeah. Um, But let's just go practically here. Um,
1: There's some some comparison probably happening. Yeah, let's
0: start there. Let's start there. And Bernie and I have talked about this very recently Mm -hmm. through a text thread. Mm-hmm. we We send each other voice memo text. <laughs> it's well, so so cool yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like a long voice text like, hey man, something I've been thinking about, see what you think and then yeah. just lay into it. Is that like an old man thing because like we don't want to like text I I'm just I'm just gonna talk to you, man, and yeah. then you can like listen to it and talk back to me. So uh, comparison it, the the only reason I'm gonna assume Des, I'm assuming that w- most of where this is coming from when you say, Everyone else around me is happy. Right. That's coming from social media, right? Mm -hmm. Right. Probably. Um, And even if you say you go to a party and people seem happy, maybe that's 10% of it. But I believe 90% of it, this is coming from you on Facebook or Instagram or TikTok and seeing everyone is so happy. Wow. (laughs) Which we can both say...
1: Everybody out there that you're seeing that seems so happy, they are struggling just like you are. Yeah. Okay. I think you said it on maybe the last episode or uh, that you did by yourself. Like social media really is like the very best filtered version of that moment possible. And it's not reality. So comparison is the thief of joy. Mm. Don't let it take your joy. It sounds like it is. And secondly... I've been through counseling. I think Granger and Amber have done it. Me and my wife have done it. I don't think that there... I I still meet up with somebody that counsels me. I don't think there's anything um, taboo or weird or wrong about meeting with somebody to talk through these things, especially you say you're looking for a godly person. Meet with a mentor that's older, that you feel like, man, this person is godly. I I really respect them and seek wise counsel from them. They're going to help you work through some of these issues that you have with loving yourself and accepting yourself the way that you are and recognizing, accepting the fact that God loves you exactly how you are and that he's not wanting you to be those
0: other people. He wants you to be you and love you for you. Hmm. That's so good. To, to expound a little bit on God loves you exactly the way you are, this will blow your mind if you think about it in this term. And you have to really think about it. It's deep thinking, but you have to think, how does God love me the way I am? Because he made you. Mm-hmm. Every piece of you, every bit of your future and your past and your present was created and knit together in the way that he wanted you to be. So when you have a vulnerability and you bring it to God, God thinks, I know. I made it that way.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And I like for you to come to me with that vulnerability because now you're recognizing that I built you this way. So then you think, well, why did you build me this way with this kind of issue? And he says, I want you to find that out. I'm trying to show you this. Mm-hmm. I want to show you this, that what that the good that can come out of what, the way that I built you in your scenario. And he he painted a huge canvas when he built the universe. And it's all different. Everything is completely different. But it's, it's a beautiful thought to think, I feel I feel messed up, and then you think, but I was built this way by a creator that I could talk to about it, and that will blow your mind when you really, really think about that. Um, so, besides social media, besides comparison is is the thief of joy. Um, let's talk about something that's very countercultural. A lot of people will disagree with me on this, but I'm going to bring the foundation in of the Bible itself saying that you're you're worried that you're never enough. And I'll tell you, you're not. And you're worried, you're trying to figure out how to love yourself. And I'm trying to tell you, that's not biblical. That's crazy because we live in a world that says, love yourself, you are enough. But the Bible says, you're, you aren't enough. You need him mm-hmm. to renew you. And loving yourself is a myth because you do love yourself enough to worry about it Constantly.
2: <laughs>
0: you love yourself <laughs> point, yeah. so much that you're you write the podcast wondering how to love yourself more. Mm-hmm. That's how much you love yourself. You didn't write this email about your mom or your sister or your dog. You wrote it all about you because you love yourself. We don't need any extra help loving
2: ourselves.
0: Mm. Now, love is caring and worrying and putting and pouring in to something. And that's what you're doing to yourself. So so disregard the thought of how do I love myself? Because you already do. And so the problem of thinking how do I love myself is just conflicting and you're ending up in this never-ending loop of trying to love something that you already love more than anything else yourself. You want your happiness more than anything else, you want to find someone, and you want to lose weight, and you want to be happy. More than you want anything else from anybody else, you do love yourself. Mm-hmm. That's so good, man. I've never thought about that. Piper has a whole sermon about this. Yeah, about stop saying you want to love yourself. You already do, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's good. So, so where do you go with that information? Like, well, what do I do with I already love myself, and I'm not good enough? what do I do with that information? Well, that's when we realize that the Bible tells us that we need Him. We need God. We need to be renewed. We need, we need our strength from Him. We need our wisdom from Him. We need to learn correctly how to love from Him. And then He makes us enough only because of Him not because of anything we could do on our own and not because of who we are inherently in ourselves, but he makes us enough. So together, we're enough. Me and God are enough together. But me alone, I'm never enough. Mm -hmm. So if I think that I can be one day, I will never achieve it. I'll be constantly feeling like I'm never enough because I'll never get there. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: Yeah, that's good.
0: So make that your prayer. God, I'm not enough by myself. So I need you. So what would happen? Let's stress test this a little bit,
1: which I love doing this with you. What happens if she finds somebody, she's still in this same heart posture, finds somebody and goes into a relationship with kind of that same feeling. What, what happens in that relationship?
0: Then she's trying to, to complete herself with that new person and and get all the attention and make herself feel better and enough right. because of the other person, which leads to disastrous relationships. Trying to be satisfied
1: yes. in that, get the satisfaction from that relationship.
0: Look at it in terms of we're sheep, God's the shepherd. Yep. The sheep says to, yells out, I'm not enough. And the shepherd goes, I know, that's why I'm here. <laughs> but you're... But then, what you said earlier, you're perfect the way you are. That's what the shepherd tells the sheep no mm. you're you're a sheep. be you're, a sheep yeah. you're be a sheep, you're eating grass and you're in the pasture. I'm watching out for the wolves. I'm making sure the stray ones come back. I'm keeping you around around me,
1: so maybe that's
0: the problem
1: is you're not enough, and I'm not enough to be something that I'm not, yeah. Does that make sense? Yes. Like, God has created me to be a sheep in this way and to look to the shepherd. And if I was running around as a sheep trying to be a wolf, he'd be like, dude, what are you doing? Like, yeah. And I'm like, I'm never going to catch these other things. I'm not fast enough. He's like, well, you're not a wolf. You're
0: a sheep. Yes. Like, be my sheep. And in the same way, one sheep doesn't look at another sheep and say, but you make me enough. Right. The sheep is not capable of making the other sheep enough either. Only yeah. the shepherd can that's good. Together with the shepherd. So we look to the shepherd. And when you realize that, your life is going to just radically change. Mm-hmm. The issues you're having with your weight and the issues you're struggling with of being alone and away from everyone else, not being not being happy, not being content, comparing yourself, all those just will slowly drift away when you realize the shepherd is keeping you in yeah. the pasture.
1: Guys, let me just be honest with you for a second, I listen to this podcast the same way that y'all do. Most of the time, I don't listen when I'm on because I feel like it's weird, but I uh, I listen to Granger all the time, and I hear him saying these things that I just believe, and I know there's some of y'all out there that believe, man, these things are so true, and this could change my life if only I could do it. And I think that a lot of times we hear these things, and they... You know, they kind of sound a certain way to us. And we're in this culture of wanting it to be like a pill and we want it to be like magic. When he, Whenever he says just being a sheep and looking to the shepherd, this is not something that changes your life dramatically in a heartbeat, although it can. It, most of the time, this house that we're building is just one brick at a time and i think these things that granger says a lot of times if you can really just form these really healthy habits of getting in the word of being in community uh, you know all these things he talks about it takes i just wanted to say like i hear you like i i understand hearing these things and feeling sometimes like it too much but If you just start small, I really believe what he's saying over a longer period of time absolutely can change your reality and and your life as you know it. And you'll look back in a couple of years and be like, wow, man, it was one thing that I heard on that podcast and I just started laying that single brick and then each morning I did that. And I, I look back at the last two years and I'm
0: like, wow, I can't believe where I was and where I am now. Yeah. And two years go by and you still slip up, but then you start over.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And so let's go practically speaking to her last question. I want a godly man, but I have no clue where to start. So first of all, you're 21, super young, Des, super young. You got plenty of time. And and secondly, what we said on the last podcast, run after Christ as fast as you can. hmm and eventually, you look to your left or your right. You said this on the last podcast, and you see someone that's on the same path, going the same direction. And you say, Hey, you want to grab some coffee? It's really that easy. Mm-hmm. So, where do you find that? Well, church is a great place to start. You say, I don't I have no clue where to start for a godly man. Mm-hmm. Church is a great place to start.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Plugging into your local church in your community, finding a good one that meets your personality. And pouring into the church, serving the church, entering activities, going on a mission trip with the church. Eventually, now this shouldn't be the goal, but an outcropping of that is you look around and you go, "That guy's. I'm actually really attracted to him, and he's Mm -hmm. doing. He wants the same things I want. We should go on a date. It's not that hard. Mm We try to make it rocket science, but if you're looking for a godly man, start at a church. It it really comes down to doing the stuff. Like the things that you're saying,
1: you can say them all day long and they can hear them all day long. I can hear them all day long, yeah.
0: but it comes down to trusting and doing the stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Guys, I struggle with this stuff. Bernie does too. I'm not sitting on a pedestal telling you these things. Like, like I've done them all and I, look at me, I've accomplished it all. I haven't. So I have to keep doing the stuff. Mm-hmm. Faith, people ask all the time, how do I... How do I get grow my faith? Well, that's like to me. I think of it like a in baseball. It's like a a batter saying, "I'm in a slump. How do I get a better swing?" Well, I don't just give it to you. I would say, "What are you going to the batting cage? Mm -hmm. Are you filming yourself and watching your technique? Mm -hmm. How many how many reps have you? What what's the struggle? Is it a low ball? Is it a curve ball?" Like let's work on that. Let's get a curveball pitcher to throw at you all the time. I would say, what are you doing to help your swing? Because it's a verb, it's mm-hmm. action, mm-hmm. doing the stuff. So when you say, How do I grow my faith? Well, I would say, What are you doing? Mm-hmm. Because it's an action.
1: Yeah, you're right, man.
0: All right. You're right. Next question. Um next question says, Hey Granger, my name is Troy. I'm from Nottingham, New Hampshire. I would like to hear your opinion on debt. Is being debt-free worth it? Do you believe in credit cards or having any debt? Thanks. This comes from Troy. Shout out to New Hampshire. Great question. Yeah, that's awesome. Love that. Um, Yeah, my opinion on debt. Is debt-free worth it? Well, yeah, absolutely. What is
1: it, though? (laughs) Like, is it... (laughs) Is it worth sacrificing? I think, I think like just what?
0: the ultimate question would be: Is it worth having debt over not having debt? Yeah, yeah, it is. Um, credit cards. Do I believe in credit cards? Well, yeah. Today's in today's world, I believe that um, having the convenience of not having a wad of cash with you all the time is very convenient. In fact, I I use Apple Pay a lot. Like mm-hmm. I'm like oh, I left my wallet at home. I'll just two clicks on the side of the iPhone and I can pay for mm-hmm. pay for the the bottle of water I got at the gas station while I'm filling up gas okay so that's convenient now do I worry about getting carried away with that because that's that's money that's just disappearing I don't see that transaction happening physically like I would with cash so yeah it's something to be concerned about is that a credit card attached to apple pay or your yes. debit card it's a credit card I have a credit card <laughs> attached to it okay and i try to answer the question better i try to keep my credit card at zero every month that's important me and amber try to keep it try to keep it paid at zero every single month um so yes yes we we amber and i work relentlessly to stay debt free and how do we do that we don't buy things we can't afford so that is the it right there that is the is it
1: worth it you have to ask yourself being debt free not buying these things right now that I want. Yeah. And I I would say the exact same thing. Uh Leslie and I don't even have credit cards. So we we and we just started that whenever we first got married because we were super broke and we I don't even think we got approved for one. Yeah. So we just started that way and um we use them for business for sure. And what and we've kind of flirted with the idea of getting a credit card because what I learned is Every retailer, and you probably know more about this, they're charging you whatever product you're buying. They're charging, they're up charging you at least that two to three percent because they have to pay a fee for accepting credit cards. So if you're not using a credit card, you're usually still play, paying that credit card fee. Yep. Um, but if you're using a credit card and keeping it at zero, like you are. Credit card companies have the Southwest Miles or the Capital One Cashback, or that's not a plug; they're not sponsored. But mm. um, right, so you're yeah. getting you're kind of getting the benefits um, from them as long as you're like kind of keeping it in check. Yeah, and then I w- I would also say like big purchases uh, like homes and investment properties. I mean, um, that kind of debt I think is fine. Right. I mean,
0: yeah, absolutely. And so you could kind of look at credit cards like you would gambling. Like, is gambling okay? Well, how are you looking at gambling? Mm-hmm. Are you going and you're saying I've got I've got sixty dollars and I'm gonna go play blackjack and if I lose it all, it's worth the fun. Yeah, it's entertainment. entertainment. Yeah. But if you're thinking I got to make some cash to pay these bills, <laughs> then yeah, gambling's bad for you. So look at credit cards the same way. Are you looking at it like this is a convenience because I don't I don't want to carry a lot of cash on this road trip? Um, but I'm I'm not needing it because I don't have the money and mm-hmm. I need a little float, a little extra, and I'll catch up with it in six months. Mm-hmm. That's a problem. Um, you, you have to read Dave Ramsey, Baby Steps. Mm-hmm. You good. have to, Troy. Dave Ramsey, Baby Steps. Um, and his mentality on this is basically aiming small, starting low with your goals to eventually get debt-free, but you're going to start with a thousand dollars in the bank is what he says that's that's like the starting point. get a thousand dollars in a savings account start with that that's your called your emergency fund and then once you do that and a lot of other steps then then you're gonna keep three months of, of your income
1: three to six I think
0: three to six months of your income in a savings account once again as an emergency fund that happens if you have a you you have an injury and you need a surgery and the surgery costs six thousand dollars and you, you need that cash, and you, luckily you have an emergency fund for that. Um, then the other thing is, if you have multiple credit cards or multiple pieces of debt, you start at the lowest number. You don't pay them all at the same time. You pay the minimum on all of them, and on the lowest number, so you, one credit card is, is $128 debt, one credit card is $500 debt, and one credit card is, is 7000 Start with the one that's 100 something and, and pay that off till it's done and then close the card or just keep it at zero if that's going to hurt your credit score. So you start at the lowest number and you work your way up. In the meantime, you look at what you're driving. That's like the biggest thing is your car or is your car payment ridiculous? Like, are you paying over $500 a month for a car? It's ridiculous. And you're thinking about being debt-free, sell the car, get it, get it, get out of it. And go get you a Honda Accord for twenty five hundred dollars, and drive the clunker car. Dave always talks about that. What are you driving? Mm-hmm. Drive the clunker. Now, having a house mortgage, that's that's understandable. That yep. should that should be part of your monthly payment. But for everything else, where are you eating? That's a huge mm-hmm. one. Are you eating out? You know, you could eat at a grocery store and get and make cheap meals every day. That's huge.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of things that credit cards give us access to that we don't necessarily... I mean, everybody is pre-approved for everything nowadays. Yep. and And it could be a great tool, but it can also be a terrible master. And you could wake up one day really easily and be $30,000 in debt and not have what happened. So living below our means is a principle that I don't know if many people still um, live by, but I think it's one to consider for sure.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yep. Great question, Troy. We're going to yeah, take a break and going? we're going to be right back. Podcast today is sponsored by BetterHelp. You know, life could be overwhelming and many people get burned out without even knowing it. Symptoms can include lack of motivation, feeling helpless or trapped, detachment, fatigue, and more. You know, I've got so many things going on in my life between the radio show and the podcast and touring, the movie, and now I'm writing a book. So I know about being overwhelmed. You know, we associate burnout with work, but that's not the only case. Any of our roles in life could lead to feeling burned out. And BetterHelp Online Therapy wants to remind you to prioritize yourself. Talking with someone can help you figure out what is causing the stress in your life. Amber and I have been to therapy. It helped Tremendously through our PTSD and through different issues that we've had together, BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist. So you don't even have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's more affordable than in-person therapy, and you could be matched with a therapist in under forty-eight hours. Granger Smith podcast listeners get ten percent off their first month at BetterHelp.com/Granger. That's BetterHelp.com/Granger. You know if you want to find me, if you want a personal shout out, maybe a video shout out, Cameo is the best way to do it. Go to cameo.com/granger smith. You could also download the Cameo app and you can get a personal shout out from me, birthday, anniversary, graduation, mother's day, father's day or just a piece of encouragement, whatever you want, I'll give you a personal video message. Go to cameo.com/granger smith. All right, we're back. So if if you want to ask a question on this podcast, email grangersmithpodcast at gmail.com. We'll sit through it like we're sitting around a campfire. Talk about it like this next one here. Subject line, 5 a.m. club. Said, hey, I'm really trying to find the motivation to wake up early every day before work and get some exercise. I'm just wondering if you had some advice on digging deep to find that fire. This comes from Anna. The fire. Anna wants the fire. (laughs) Um, so she wants to be there, but she's not. She wants to be in the club. The 5
1: a.m. club.
0: Well, what do you got, let's, man? Yeah, let's just walk through it. So practical, this is all practical stuff, Anna. We're going to talk, talk about here. So practically speaking, how do you wake up and respond to the alarm? Well, you have to do it once. You have to do it once in order to go to bed earlier because staying up late is not going to be effective. Mm-hmm. So if you're staying up till midnight, you're not going to want to get up at five until you do it one time. And then the next night you're like, it's nine o'clock and I've got to go to bed. I'm so tired. Mm-hmm. So that sets your reset your clock. You got to start with one wake up and then you're tired enough to not go to bed. Secondly, so how do you get up the first time? So there's different ways to do this practically. And, one way is put your phone, if that's your alarm, most people use that as an alarm, put it away from your, your nightstand. So you have to get up to shut this loud noise off. Mm-hmm. You have to get up out of bed. So put it across the room or in another room and turn it up, turn up the volume all the way so that you hear it and you're like, ah, oh, I can't snooze. <laughs> like yep. I have to get up and walk over here. But then once you take those first couple steps out of the bed, you're like, oh, I'm, already, I'm already up. Mm-hmm. Okay, I might as well do the thing. Secondly, you're talking about exercise here. Have your clothes ready, like mm-hmm. your shoes and your socks and your shorts laid out and ready. So it's like, now I'm up, I'm up to turn off this alarm and there's my shoes and there's my clothes. Okay, I'm doing this. Sleep in your clothes if you have to, in, in your workout clothes. Thirdly, let's go Jordan Peterson on him and say, aim low. Mm -hmm. on your exercise. Mm -hmm. So say tomorrow I'm going to get up at 5 a.m. I'm literally going to work out only for 10 minutes. It's not an hour. It's not a mile. It's not three miles. It's I'm going to jog for 10 minutes. And then I'm going to reward myself
1: with going to Starbucks and getting that drink. Yes. Because what Granger's talking about is a keystone habit. You're trying to form the keystone habit of which you can start building the other things. Um, One other thing I would suggest too, because I know this works for me, is if I know my buddy Andy is meeting me at 6.15, it's like, man, I got to be up because I know before that I need to spend my time in the Word. I need to spend my time, you know, have my coffee, whatever. And I still got to be at the gym at 6.15. So maybe there's somebody else that you know that wants to exercise and say, hey, let's meet at 5.30 or 6 o'clock. And you know, in order to do that, I'm going to have to wake up at 5 a.m. In order to wake up at 5 a.m., I'm going to have to go to bed earlier. I'm going to have to lay out my clothes and, you know, the preparation and all that stuff just kind of takes over. Yeah. i
0: you were saying. So. That's accountability, buddy. Yeah. That's so good. So when you think about the reward, too, it's like go to, go to the grocery store and get one, like one of those really good overnight oats or something, your favorite cinnamon or whatever flavor it is, and get that overnight oat and put it in the fridge. It's like it's ready for me. Mm -hmm. All I got to do is work out for 10 minutes and I'm coming back to the fridge. I'm getting this amazing overnight oats and I'm going to reward myself Mm -hmm. instead of being like, I'm hungry and there's nothing to eat. And it just, it just (laughs) creates this bad loop that you're in. Another thing you could do, if you don't have a spouse that you're sleeping with, you could, you can get um, lights that turn on at a certain time. Mm, That's good. You're in your room. And so you want to get up at five. Hey, by the way, I don't get up at five. I'm I'm I like a 5:30 guy. 5:45, so 5:30 yeah, 5, like depending on when I go to bed. Um but I don't do 5 necessarily. So if I didn't have Amber there, I would definitely set my lights to turn on at 5:30, full blast in the room. Yeah. You know
1: what's strange is I'm a 5:30 5:30 alarm guy and I kept thinking, man, I I need a little bit more time in the world like I just, I just want to stay there a little bit longer. So I was like, I'm going to switch to 5:15. <laughs> <laughs> it was so hard i couldn't do it i don't know what it was i could not do it um i don't know maybe that's crazy Am I, I, anybody out there feel no, that I like feel I, I tried to change it and i did it for like two weeks three weeks i tried and i was like dude 5 is fine like i'm just gonna push everything else in my day back because i feel good about my bedtime about my wake-up time don't need to mess with something if it's not broke don't fix it but
0: that's good so the, all this is good stuff. I would say I would say um the night routine that you have is just as important as the morning routine for setting up the morning routine. Yeah. So 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 if you if your night routine is all jacked up, then you could I've heard people will journal what they're doing all day for a week. And you'll say at 3:15, you know, I I checked my Instagram and I was on there until 3:45 p.m. And then at four, I did this and, and you write it and then you go back and you look at it and you go, oh my goodness, every night at 10, 15, I'm laying in bed looking at Facebook. I have to stop that. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize I was doing it, but I have to stop it because if you don't, you're not going to get up at five. You're not going to want to. It's right. too hard.
1: Yeah. That reminds me of something that Gary Keller, I believe is his name, said, do the thing that makes the next thing easier or unnecessary. Mm. So if you're doing all that stuff the night before, laying out your clothes, then it's not necessary the next day to do it. It's already done. Yeah. Or it makes getting out of bed easier. So I always try to, you know, think that way. Like, man, what can I do if I have this space, what can I do now that's going to make, you know, later on easier or the things that I have to do I don't have to do them. You could also read uh, Can't Hurt Me by David Goggins. Yeah. <laughs> <And> that'll
0: <laughs> Yeah, that'll get you. That'll get you out of bed and make you quit snoozing too. But. Another reward you could do, I've done this before. If you're going to do your workout for a week and you tell yourself, if I do this for seven days in a row, I'm going to go to the sporting goods store and get some really good tennis shoes. Mm-hmm. Like the best ones Nike has or Reebok or Adidas, whatever. I'm going to get the best ones. And having those brand new shoes sitting out there is kind of nice. You're like, oh, I hate getting up, but I got these brand new sneakers. Mm -hmm. They're really good. Yeah. So. Once you get
1: into it, um, you're going to feel the benefits of it and it'll make it a little bit easier. For you, is it still, you can wake up at 530 and it's like, no
0: problem. Like you're now like up or is it still kind of. I go for coffee pretty soon after I get up. Okay. But um, that's another just loop that I formed. Um, but I will say that obviously, y'all know with my schedule, I play music sometimes. Sometimes we don't even start till ten thirty p.m. So I try to keep at least consistently get seven hours. So mm-hmm. if I go to bed at midnight, I'm setting my alarm for seven. Mm-hmm. If I go to bed at one a.m., I'm setting my alarm for eight. Mm-hmm. So that I've still, I'm still not sleeping in ever. I'm until and I figured out that seven is what I need. Mm-hmm. Just from years of doing this, I figured out okay, I need seven. Eight's cool, but six is not enough. I feel groggy during the day for six, so I need seven. So I'll try to set my alarm for seven hours after I go to bed if it's a not a normal night for me. Mm-hmm.
1: That's good, man. What was this person's name? Anna. Anna. Um, I think to this, just the the thing of not snoozing and getting up will have a ripple effect into other areas of your life too. I remember that video that uh, uh, Tyler had sent me from Ben Newman Mm. about standards and feelings. So once you realize that you have set a standard of waking up at 530 and that's the standard, but when you wake up and you're you're, you're cold, and it's warm in your bed and it's cold out there and you're tired, you have the choice to base your action on your feeling or the standard. And if you get out of bed, instead of hitting snooze, then you're choosing the standard. And that definitely opens up potential. Um, If you choose the feeling, then it kind of goes the other way. So I I think that there is this um, kind of loop that starts to happen, this uh, energy that starts to happen when you choose the standard. No, I'm going to do it. Even though, I'm tired or I don't
0: feel like doing it, this is the standard I'm going to do it. So good. One more book recommendation for your fire, Anna, is called The Miracle Morning. Mm-hmm. And there's just a, it's just about a morning routine. It's building a, a, a consistent morning routine that you actually love. So you get to the point where you're like, I can't, you go to bed and you go, I can't wait till that alarm goes off because mm-hmm. I love my mornings. And I do now, I know you do too. Like mm-hmm. that's my favorite time of day. Mm-hmm. The mornings are my time. It's no one else's. It's not my kids or my wife. That's my time. And sometimes, many times, it's my only time for myself yep. to do my routine. Yep. So yeah, it's huge. It's something to build. If you're young, it's something to build early because mm-hmm. you might never get that back. That's right. Go get that fire, Anna. Next question says, how do I ask a shy girl out? Hey, Granger. My name is Aaron. I'm 21. I'm from Lincoln County, Tennessee, about an hour and a half from Nashville. So there's this girl at church and she's very pretty, but she's very shy. And we were both homeschooled. How do I ask her on a date? You're my hero. I listen to your music every day. I wear a yee-yee shirt and hat everywhere I go. I also listen to your podcast every Monday morning. You're an amazing artist. Keep up the work. And then here's the very end. It says, by the way, we both have food allergies. I don't know. You and him, no, or the? I, I think because, it's him and the shy girl. Okay, <laughs>
2: uh,
1: that's got to feel pretty good, man. Right? This dude is like, man. I listen to your podcast every Monday. I, gotta I know, listen to like, your
0: music. I wear your gear. It's a lot of pressure, yeah. <laughs> Man, Aaron, that's I'm sorry all, if I'm. Awesome. I'm not always right, y'all. <laughs> Just trying my best here, um, but it's meaningful. I love doing things that are it's, that matter. Yeah this and matters to this him matters. For sure. so how do you ask a shy girl out you ask her yeah
1: you gotta do it <laughs> you find a restaurant that it that works with both y'all's food allergies and yep. be like did he say the girl's name no no hey jessica uh there's this restaurant and man we can both eat there and don't have
0: to worry about it so yeah figure we go check it out she's shy so um so acknowledge that and use that in your first date as a, you're not going to go to some place wild and crazy and loud. You're going to go to something, you know, like a coffee shop that's pretty empty and y'all are just going to go get a coffee together or whatever. And and just talk. Um, and And just Acknowledge that you don't have to tell her she's shy. I know you're shy. You don't have to say that. (laughs) But just just understand that maybe you're going to carry some of the conversation and let her open up and then listen to her. Yeah. And that could be something really special.
1: Yeah. And if she's shy, then maybe just go into it knowing that she may not know how to respond in the moment, you know? And so maybe you know that going in and you can leave it, hey, I'm going to... I just heard of this new place. Um, I'm going to go over there and grab a cup of coffee. If you'd love to join, uh, just let me know. I'd love to sit and talk with you. And then there's not a lot of pressure on her, but you can kind of see like if she wants to,
0: whatever. Yeah. Um, So to answer your question, how do I ask her on a date with your words? (laughs) Um... Which is actually kind of interesting. Like, don't text her. Yeah, no,
2: I, I, that's what I was just <laughs> I was kind about to of say. Joking,
0: but that's kind of serious too. Like, don't text her.
1: I mean, is it just me, or is this like, je, like, have, has our culture just gotten out of control with how we communicate? It's all DMs and text messages, yeah. and even when it's like things that are meant to be in person and things that are conflicts, it's like, hey, I didn't like the way that you looked at me. It's like cool yeah. it what it what it takes to do that and uh I'm sorry I already moved on <laughs> uh what it what it takes for him to do this is courage and vulnerability right yeah and the more that we rely on the just text messages and those kind of communications, we're losing that memory of what and and that ability to be courageous and put ourselves out there in real live three dimensional reality
0: um and so do it. So good. Next question is about to go deep. It says, Granger Smith, that's when you know it's serious when they say the full name. How do you learn to forgive and let go? I was sexually assaulted when I was, or 20 years ago. Uh, Certain circumstances held me from speaking out and now it simply hangs over my head. People say you just have to forget it and it's, but it's never that easy. Feeling like a failure to God or not fighting hard enough to keep my virginity and it gets taken away from me. How do I keep this from ruining my marriage and affecting my life with my husband when no one can help me with the judgment? Thanks, Megan. So she was sexually assaulted 20 years ago, but she feels like that is now affecting her marriage because she lost her virginity and she didn't speak out at the time.
2: Mm.
0: That's, what she's, that's what she's dealing with. She didn't speak up. Um,
1: Do you think that that's, that pressure is coming from somebody or that expectation that
0: she should have done that's coming from her husband or from somebody else? Maybe, but I don't see that in this email. I feel like uh, this is something she's she, battling personally, feeling like a failure to God for not fighting hard enough to keep my virginity. Um. F- so 20 years ago, I'm assuming she's not that old. I'm assuming Megan is... I'm going to just guess and say um, she's in her forties, fifties, mm-hmm. maybe, maybe. Meaning this happened like late teens. Um, and so th- there's an idea, first of all, that uh, just on the surface level, just digging into this, this was a long time ago. You're a new person and you are, you've been renewed many times and you've been forgiven. I say these, these words because you said you feel like a failure to God. That's what you said. Not, you didn't say, I feel like a failure to my husband. You feel like a failure to God. Well, if that's what you mean, if that's what you really feel, then my answer to you is, you're not a failure to God. Uh, through repentance and through prayer and through his acceptance and through the renewal, you are a new person now. You, you, have, you have a new new idea of life. And on top of all that, everyone listening to this podcast is going to say, it's not your fault.
2: Mm-hmm. You
0: were sexually assaulted against your will. That, that cannot be held against you. It doesn't change the fact that you still think about it and it still affects you. So how does she deal with this? How does Megan deal with this today, with her marriage and her life today, something that happened 20 years ago?
1: I would hope that she and her husband maybe together or in some kind of professional counseling. Yeah. Cuz that that is a very traumatic event that more than likely emotionally stunted her. Yeah. 20 years ago and and that can manifest itself. It can hide and, and then it can manifest itself uh within a relationship a long time from the from the time that happened. And man, that's above our pay grade. So yeah, (laughs) I think you need to be, uh, I, I would recommend being in counseling of some kind to really dig into this. There's, there's no amount of fighting that you should have had to do like that, that like Granger said, you, you shouldn't feel any shame that you didn't fight hard enough. Um, if you were sexually assaulted, there's absolutely no excuse for that. Um, that's not your fault. You, I, I hope that you can take that burden and, and lay it down um, and start to receive some healing for a very, very traumatic and unfortunate thing that happened to you.
0: And just in case, Megan, just in case you're hearing us and you're like, no, y'all don't understand. Like I was drinking mm-hmm. or there was something else involved that I could have stopped myself. Like I could have been sober or I could have not been with that guy alone. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe that, that's what you're thinking. Oh, that's okay. That's okay too. You could have told me I murdered someone 20 years ago and we're mm-hmm. going to give you the same answer.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: You're, you're forgiven. You got to have a repentant heart and you got to go to counseling and you have to open up to your husband and say, this happened 20 years ago and I'm so sorry. And, and hopefully any decent guy would be like, babe, it's Okay. Mm -hmm. It's okay. You're not the same person you were 20 years ago. You're not.
1: Yeah. When you come with a repentant heart, I feel like everything can change. When you come with pride and arrogance and like trying to stay protected, uh, I don't think there's healing that can happen. But if you, like you're saying, and that's regardless of what you've done or what you've encountered, yeah, you have to come with a repentant heart for sure. Yeah. That's good, man. Yeah. Yeah, that's a tough spot, Megan.
0: Thank you for, for being so vulnerable on this podcast and, and opening that up. And there is, there is so much healing that's possible through this. And it feels like there's not when you're in it and it's overwhelming you. But uh, through this communication with your husband, through counseling, and through a lot of prayer, you are a new person
1: maybe some girlfriends. It sounded like, you know, like getting involved, if you're not already involved in a church, a community group of other godly women that can just kind of help you and guide you and listen to you, those, those kind of things can be really helpful too.
0: Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, remember that your relationship with God is not based on works too. It's not a checklist. He's not Santa Claus. He's not looking at like, all right, Megan, you have a lot of good things. You, I've checked off on your list, but you got one really bad one. So I'm still kind of wondering if we're going to invite you to eternal life. I'm not really sure. Remember, that is not how this works. It's literally not work-based, okay? So God does the work for you. All you have to do is believe and repent. The mm-hmm. gospel, is, is that's your salvation. Mm-hmm. Understanding that frees up so much pain and anxiety and suffering and depression when you just give it to him. Mm -hmm. And that's all the time we have. All right. Love you guys. See you next Monday. All right. See you.